We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 187. With it being right in the middle of indoor season for the hunters, jumpers, and equitation riders, I thought it would be fitting to do a little indoors 101 and answer all the questions that I received over at my Instagram account, My Equestrian Style. So I thought, who better to help me than one of my dearest friends, coworker, kind of my boss, and he has won countless tricolors, both as a rider and a trainer, while navigating indoors. So I thought it would be awesome to have him on to talk a little bit about what it takes to qualify all of the different events at each location, and how to really thrive at indoors. So please welcome my guest to help me out with Indoors 101, Jeffrey Hesslink. I was thinking about this episode as being very timely and very important to kind of do an Indoors 101. And I thought, who better than the super talented steel trap memory of Jeffrey Hesslink? Because I feel like whenever (laughs) I have questions, I can go to you and you know the answer. So before we kind of dive into all of the intricacies of indoors, I would love for you, I know it's like weird to brag on yourself, but you Mm -hmm. have had some amazing success both as a junior and a professional. So give me a little rundown of your indoors experience. Yeah, growing up, obviously, indoors was like the most important thing to me in every division, equitation jumpers and hunters. I didn't have a lot of opportunity in the jumpers, but I was lucky enough to win the 2014 USCF Talent Search Finals, as well as more recently, multiple tricolors in the hunter divisions at indoors, and also was lucky enough to be WCHR national champion in 2020. So cool. Let's talk about WCHR, which actually is kind of culminates at our first indoors location at Capital Challenge. Talk to me a little bit about what WCHR means and what we're kind of working on throughout the year in order to compete at this pro finals and then for you to have received that um, award in 2020. Well, WCHR, the entire program has always been extremely important to me as well as my business and clients from when I was little through now. Uh, It stands for World Championship Hunter Rider is an organization uh, that was organized to kind of highlight and make hunter riders have something to work for and sort of like a championship uh, standalone for hunter riders. We go to specific shows throughout the year that are uh, WCHR rated, which those shows need to get approval. And there's a calendar uh, of shows all over the country. Capital Challenge is the finals for those shows. It's a point-based point system where the rider, not horse-specific, gathers points throughout the year in order to be in the top standings for their specific division in which they compete for the finals and national championship at Capital Challenge. How does the point system work for qualifying for this this event at Capital Challenge? Is it based off of a certain number of shows? How do you 
kind of strategize your plan for kind of collecting these points throughout the year? So funny enough, Capital Challenge is the only indoor championship in which qualifying for the show does not exist. You can literally enter Capital Challenge on any horse with any rider in any division. However, the WCHR program is based on qualification for their challenge classes and their championship classes. So you can compete in the horse show normally without competing in WCHR, and that's totally fine. However, to compete in the WCHR challenge classes or be eligible for any national standing awards, year-end awards, or to qualify for the WCHR Pro Finals, you need to be a member and accumulate points throughout the year, which is based class by class at the shows all throughout the year. And the uh, Capital Challenge itself is actually, uh, I believe, double points. So that show specifically is crucial to your point total and kind of like where you fall throughout the year. At what point are you considered like for sure qualified for certain indoors? Is there a specific deadline for each indoors event? There is a specific deadline for each indoor event. All the indoors have a cutoff of August 31st. And from that point on, the points will go to the following year, but all points leading from August 31st, the prior to August 31st of that year will count for those indoors. Got it. So let's talk a little bit. So Capital Challenge, and then walk me through some of the other events that jumper riders, equitation riders, and hunter riders can expect to have available at Capital Challenge. For sure. I think Capital Challenge is one of the most prestigious uh, hunter championships of the year. I think with the WCHR program comes a lot of prestige. However, they also have an equitation weekend where they offer the North American Adult, Junior, and Taylor Harris finals. So also three equitation finals as well as equitation classes. And then the following week, they also offer children's jumper finals and adult jumper finals as well as low and medium junior jumper finals. So there's sort of something for everyone at Capital Challenge. And usually occurring the same exact time as Capital Challenge is the USET championships, but at a different location because you have won that. Tell me a little bit about that dynamic. And in the past, have you kind of tried to juggle both or is it usually a one or the other type of scenario? A lot of programs do do both of those championships. The schedule is made so that kids can still compete in the equitation weekend of Capital Challenge and then continue on to the USCT finals, obviously with both of those goals being equitation-based. So the USCT finals takes place on junior weekend of Capital Challenge, which is more hunter-based. The USCT finals is a standalone event only open to riders 21 and under that have qualified for the finals throughout the year. and. That event takes place in Gladstone, New Jersey. Tell me a little bit about that format of the USCT Championships. The USCT Championships is sort of uh, a class that was made by the system uh, USCF to kind of 
fine young talent, uh, hence the name, uh, and kind of a stepping stone in order to build our teams in the future to represent our country. There is an East Coast and a West Coast championship. It is a three three-part class. There is a flat phase, a gymnastics phase, and a show jumping phase. And then at the end, there is a ride-off between the top four riders where they switch onto each other's horses and do a final course with a clean slate to decide who is the champion of that event. So cool. I mean, do you um, have any specific like memories or nerves or anything that you remember from from winning yourself? Or like, was it is it all blur? Like, tell me a little bit about it. Well, it had, like I said, it had been a childhood dream of mine to w- ribbon, if not win, an equitation final since I can remember. It was my last junior year, so there was not a lot of chances left, and. I was on a young green horse, but rode with Andre Dignelli, who obviously has won that as well as other equitation finals multiple times. So I felt very confident in our program. I had a very strong start in the first three phases and was lucky enough to qualify for the final four. And definitely when I qualified for the final four, I just, the memories of that are very vague. I went very numb and it was kind of a blur from then on, but it was fun because I was also in the final four with two of three of my friends and two of my barn mates, Megan McPherson rode with Stacia Madden, but was a close friend of mine, Lily Keenan and Caitlin Boyle also rode with heritage at the time. And we were uh, all three close friends. So it was just, I just remember it being one of, well, it was the best day of my life. Thus yeah. far. <laughs> wow. And what a group. That's amazing. Yeah. Before we get in a word from our sponsor, I want to talk about them for a little bit because I have worked with and worn Tucker Tweed equestrian products for a while now and I love them. The quality leather is amazing and I'm always wearing their Wellington wristlet and their backpack. The products are stunning. If you are familiar with Tucker Tweed Equestrian, then you most likely know and have seen how often they promote their retail partners. With the cancellation of a number of nationwide horse shows, many retail partners are missing out on key opportunities to see and service their clients. So to support their partner tax stores, Tucker Tweed is encouraging you to shop tax store websites during those missed horse show dates or purchase through Tucker tweet directly, but then make sure to tag the respective tax stores in the order notes. This way we can all support tax stores and each tax store receives credit for any purchases made. Thank you so much for that reminder, Jill Tweedy, founder of Tucker Tweed. You are amazing, Jill. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Well, let's let's keep going. Let's keep rolling. Yeah. Next indoor event is the Pennsylvania National Horse Show. Tell me a little bit about that event and kind of what sets it apart uh, within the indoor season. So Pennsylvania National is actually extremely similar to Capital Challenge in terms of schedule. It is a kind of two-week competition that starts with uh, junior weekend. So, And that, in my opinion, is sort of uh, a very big deal for a number of riders. They host the USCF Pessoa Hunt Seat Medal Finals. They host the Creed States Championships, the Junior Jumper Championships, as well as all the Junior Hunter Divisions in that first week. So it's a big, big week for junior riders. The Medal Finals always has one of the biggest numbers of kids, uh, I believe, between generally 200 and 300 kids. 
And then the second half of the week, or I'm sorry, the second week is sort of more amateurs, professionals, uh, hunter and jumper divisions. They hold a Grand Prix and they have uh, winter state classes for all of the professional, amateur and junior divisions. And this, I know this is an event, hasn't it been going on for like over 75 years now? Yes, this year was the 75th annual. So that was pretty cool. So cool. And then since this is, since like the first week of the Pennsylvania National is such a big one coming right off of you know, time and capital challenge. How do many people kind of juggle or or manage that dynamic? And really indoors as a whole, it's it's a really busy time for both uh, logistics and scheduling and traveling around for teams, but also for the horses being able to have that time to recover and continue to perform at their highest ability. So what are some things that that you kind of do with your program to make that happen? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it involves an immense amount of planning and coordinating, as well as a strong team that you can really trust and stand behind. It's obviously the most important shows of the year, but it's also the most stressful and hardest on the people and the horses. So I think having the ability to have yourself your trainers, your riders, and your horses still on their A game through so many weeks back to back at so many different locations in sort of like the colder fall months is extremely challenging, but obviously, you know, extremely important to a lot of kids. So I think it's kind of hard to do, but it's very important. Definitely. Let's talk about the third indoors, which is what we are heading to very, very soon. The Washington International Horse Show. Yes. Washington International Horse Show is a little differently different. It's just one week. It normally takes place in Washington, D.C., hence Washington International Horse Show. However, last year in 2020 and this year in 2021, they are holding their event in Tryon, North Carolina, due to obviously COVID and the sort of backlash of that in terms of having the event in a city was sort of unrealistic. So this year, it will actually be a quote-unquote outdoor event, even though it's still indoors. And they hold the same uh, hunter divisions, jumper divisions, and equitation finals for the kids. Basically, every one of these events has all of those things, except for the USCT finals. Does that change the the location being so vastly different than like downtown Washington, D.C., like there, where I know like there are stalls in the street to like there, it's like a whole, it's like a whole thing. It's like part of the city shuts down. And then now being in Tryon, where definitely different venue, more space, more land, more outdoor components to the event. How does that kind of change your game plan going into the Washington Internet? Well, Washington, when it was in the city, was my favorite horse show of the entire year. There was just something very magical about it. It um, had so much energy and like a city does, it it, it just was very special to me. It was always my favorite show growing up. That being said, it was extremely hard logistically and extremely hard on the horses for them to live in just such an unnatural setting in very 
unnatural circumstances on the street or in a, a basement of a coliseum type it, it was just very almost unhealthy for them mm-hmm. so of times the flow at- the flow of it is that a lot of horses live over at capital challenge and get kind of shipped in shipped out and Which, that, again, that dynamic that being said with it being at Tryon, i think it'll be so much nicer for them to be in real horse space uh with uh you know not so unnatural settings i think it's going to be a lot nicer for them i think it takes away just a little bit of the prestige with it not being in the city and not being in a quote-unquote indoor but i think that the facility is set up to hold a championship event well and i think it will go um, very smoothly awesome what are some classes a viewer can expect to watch at the washington international horse show they have junior hunters, professional hunters, junior jumpers, lows, mediums, and highs. They have the Washington International Equitation Finals, which takes the top 40 riders from the East Coast and top 10 riders from the West Coast. So this specific equitation final is the uh, hardest to qualify for. So you, this is a point accumulation class that involves sort of chasing points throughout the year to be in that top number of uh, kids because it is a specific cut 50 kids maximum whereas mcclay finals usct finals and the uh, medal finals are all qualification based not on an increment chart uh, of rank so this is the hardest to qualify for so the equitation finals is for sure Uh, an event I would want to watch. Definitely. This, this indoors also normally has the costume class, right? Right around Halloween. Yes. They hold a lot of uh, open jumper classes as well as the president's cup, which is extremely prestigious Grand Prix that the best Grand Prix riders in the world have won. And that is always extremely exciting to watch. I believe Todd Minicus won last year. And then we round out our indoors experience at the National Horse Show. So give me, give me the lowdown on that. Uh, yes, the National takes place in Lexington, Kentucky at the Kentucky Horse Park. They hold a lot of big events for us throughout the year. So we're there kind of frequently throughout the year. They hold the same sorts of events, junior hunters, professional hunters, open jumpers, uh, as well as junior jumpers. And they last day of the competition they hold the prestigious aspca mcclay finals which is another equitation final which involves qualifying for through a regional event is also the only indoor that involves a regional event which you have to qualify for regionals then compete at regionals then make it through regionals to qualify for this national championship at what point once indoors is over obviously there's a little bit of a of a breather gearing up for the winter season, many go to Florida. Tell me a little bit about what you kind of your program and what it looks like during that transition after indoors has finished. After indoors, I mean, I think naturally, and I think the majority of people do this, it is time to let everybody rest, recoup, recover. Like I said previously, the indoor circuit is a hard one on everyone involved. So I think it's important to let the horses and the people 
have some time to kind of settle back down, go back to quote unquote normal before you have to worry about qualifying and doing it all over for the next year. Definitely. And that, yeah, that leads into another question that was submitted. At what point do you start planning for these events? Like how long have we been thinking and working towards these weeks in October? I mean, personally, our program, I think we start thinking about it even before indoors the previous year. I mean, in terms of uh, finding horses for people for the next year, if they're growing and getting in a different division, or if they simply want more, like, I think you need to be thinking about these indoors the next year, at least a year in advance. In terms of qualifying, I think there is strategy to that. I think just showing to show uh, can work for some people. It's not how I choose my program. I think that a strategic way to qualify for all these events is healthier for you and the horse. So yeah, I think a lot of planning, a lot of time uh, is the best way to go about it. Definitely. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much for giving us the lowdown of indoor season. And as we are in the thick of it right now, do you have any specific goals that you are looking to accomplish if you haven't already? And then what are you looking forward to in the following year to come? Um, unfortunately, this year, I do not have many horses for myself. However, I have loved and really enjoyed watching my clients succeed this year. Um, we've had a number of tricolors already at the few indoor shows we've been to. And I have very, very good students and very, very good horses. So watching them succeed at these fall shows has been uh, a real treat and re- really rewarding for me. Totally. And yeah. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this sport. And as it can be challenging as uh, horses come and go and change and the dynamic is always evolving that we will be a part of the sport for a long time. And so each year kind of looks a little different. And I think that's something that, that we've just had to embrace and being able to be flexible and focus on different things and have different goals each year is important. But yeah, I'm so excited for the remainder of indoors and um, excited to see kind of how it all shakes out. Yeah, me too. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much. I am looking forward to, I'm going to see you very soon as we finish out this indoor season. But as always, I wish you all the best and thanks again for helping me out. Thank you so much for having me, Bethany, and see you soon. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.